Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Studios. This, this is After Nine with Scott and Kat. And a hey now, 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 now. Hello, friends. Hey now, hey, now. hey. Happy Valentine's Day, Kat. And to you. Coming up in just a second, everybody, you're going to hear from one of our favorite guests who's never been on the pod. Premier Doug Ford is standing by. <laughs> we do openly invite him, by the way, still, all I, the time. I think he thinks it would be a contentious interview. And nothing could be further from the truth. I have questions, and you have questions, and as long as he answers the questions, everything will be great. Fair enough. So we'll talk about uh, uh, Premier Doug coming up in just a second. First off, let's do a little bit on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. They say this year the anti-Valentine's movement is growing. In fact, there's been an uptick in the amount of people searching on places like Etsy for anti-Valentine's shirts. Okay. An example of such says, love is in the air, try not to breathe. Oh, geez. And others. You know, it's one thing to not like Valentine's Day. And if you don't, I totally get it. I get it. I understand. I was married. And, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I think that if you don't like Valentine's Day or you just feel it's a Hallmark holiday, why are you spending money on Valentine's right. stuff, even if it's anti-Valentine stuff? Nobody's going to see the shirt and think, they're fucking right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I always, I, th- I wonder if it's kind of counterproductive to even do that. If you don't like Valentine's Day, that's fine, but ignore it like most of the population. Unless you're going to an anti-Valentine's Day party where you have to dress up for it. And then again, then you're going through a lot of effort for Valentine's Day. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're doing that for Valentine's Day. I think it's just better to straight up ignore it, isn't it? That's what I would have oh, thought. Take hey. advantage of the deals the day after and move along. Or do a U-Day. You know yeah. what? If you don't like other people being happy, that's a weird thing that you might want to talk to someone about. Yeah. However, it's uh, a day of of pampering and, and showing people how much you care about them. Why not show yourself how much you care about yeah. you? Yeah. Pull down your pants and show yourself how much you care about yourself. <laughs> On public transit. Wait, what? <laughs> what? What is happening right now? We're kidding. They say this year the restaurants will be busy. Open Table says the top destinations have been booked up for weeks. The top gift ideas this year include chocolate or candy, mm. cards, flowers, mm-hmm. and an evening out. Okay. You may have a hard time getting there, though, if you're relying on an Uber or maybe if you're ordering in food because apparently the rideshare drivers are on strike today. I didn't hear. We did a four-hour radio show before this podcast. I haven't heard from one person who drives for those rideshare apps that said they're on strike today. Mm -hmm. Not one. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure there are some. I just don't know to what extent this is happening because I have to think that there's people definitely in the movement. And they they DM'd us yesterday after the pod when we talked about this. I know there's people that are out there driving for Skip and Uber and DoorDash and Lyft. 
that think this whole ride fare thing is fucking dumb. Yeah. And they're not going to participate in this strike today. I got to think they're going to make money. And if the yeah. people who are striking see not everybody's doing it, how long until they say, well, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines not making money. I'm going to go out and deliver too. That's exactly what I heard yesterday was a lot of people saying, if, if they drove for it, I'm still going to drive for it. So it doesn't really work unless it unless everybody does it. And they're not unionized, so not everybody's going to do it, of course. Like, there's... I don't want to say there's little organization because you're, yeah, maybe there's some parts, some cities specifically who are going to, that's going to be harder to, to grab that ride or to get deliveries or whatever the case is. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to impact too many people. Let's hear a little bit of Premier Doug Ford yesterday. Well, well, good morning, everyone. And, and thank you, uh, Peter, for your introduction. I'm thrilled to be back in the beautiful city of Mississauga. I say I'm thrilled to be back. I think I'm, I'm here every single day. <laughs> But uh, alongside ministers Bethan Falvey, Kanjan, and Tangri, and MPPs Rudy Cazetto, Deepak Anon, and Sharif Sabawe. Since day one, this team, our government, has fought back against the carbon tax. In fact, one of the first things we did after forming government in 2018 was to put an end to the terrible cap and trade scheme introduced by the previous Liberal government. This tax, all carbon tax schemes, they're awful. They take money out of the people's pockets. They raise prices at the gas pump. They increase the cost of groceries and your home heating bills. They increase the cost of absolutely everything. That's why today I'm pleased to announce that next week our government will introduce legislation to protect people in Ontario from the high cost of any future carbon tax. If passed, this new legislation will require future provincial governments to hold a referendum before imposing a carbon pricing scheme. Wow. That, I mean, that's huge. Huge. It's huge. It, who's going to vote to not to not have a sh say well, is my question. That's such a great question, too. Uh, first off, he did this announcement in Mississauga. Why did he do it in Mississauga? Why did he do it at a gas station? Because, and I'm so happy to hear a premier other than Danielle Smith say it, the carbon tax affects absolutely everything we buy from gas to groceries. And the grocery companies are all, I can't figure them out. They won't actually admit that the carbon pricing is impacting the price at the grocery stores. Right. It ha it's completely crazy to think it doesn't. They've got to get it shipped there from the, the farm or the facility to the grocery store. There's a carbon tax on that. They've got to pay carbon taxes, excessive ones, farmers do. There's taxes on fertilizer. There's taxes on everything. So, of course, that's part of the reason food's gone up. But most people will not admit that the carbon tax has raised the price of food. Doug said it. Danielle Smith has said it. We know it's true. It's nice to hear a politician acknowledge it. And then now... The big announcement, a referendum. Mm -hmm. So for those who didn't understand what it meant, oh, and the reason he was doing it in Mississauga is that's where Bonnie Crombie is from. Bonnie Crombie, for those who doesn't know, was a prominent minister in Justin Trudeau's government. She voted in favor of the carbon tax. She loves the carbon tax, and she will not hesitate to increase the carbon tax in Ontario if, if whatever happens, happens, and she manages to get herself elected. So we need now to put protections in place for the taxpayer, and that's what Doug has done. If Bonnie Crombie or who's that other one from the NDP? What, what's her name? We have just the worst opposition in Ontario. Marit Stiles, that's it. She, uh, 
She's another one who would be in favor of a carbon tax. Liberals and NDP love it. Mm. So what's going to happen here now is if if one of them gets elected and says, we're putting in a carbon tax because that's how we change the weather. you got to pay more taxes. Then they'd have to come to the taxpayers, all of us, and there'd be a province-wide vote. And it would be a simple yes or no question. Do you want this carbon tax or cap and trade or anything else that they try and call it? Who is going to vote in favor of that is a great question. Mm -hmm. Who would vote in favor of higher taxes? There's people out there right now that claim they support the carbon tax. But when it comes down to having a vote privately, I could see it being a 90 plus percent rejection of a new tax. Mm -hmm. Because we already pay too many taxes in this country. We do. Well, that's a, of course we do. And Doug said it. Uh, my only question here would be, if we can have a referendum on all, on taxes, why isn't there a referendum on any new what tax? What else can we do? We've got every municipality in Ontario just jamming the people who live there, like 10 and more percent tax increases. We didn't vote on that. We didn't vote on anything like that. If that was the question during the last municipal election... If you vote for me, I'm going to raise your taxes 10%. They would have lost. They would have lost. So let's hear a little bit more of yesterday. This new law will guarantee that no provincial government can force a costly carbon tax on the people of Ontario without ensuring their voices are heard loud and clear. We're giving the people of Ontario a veto over carbon taxes. People know where I stand on the carbon tax. I've opposed it from the very beginning. My record couldn't be more different than Bonnie Crombie's. She supported the carbon tax right from the start. She's the queen of carbon tax. Even worse... <laughs> okay, let's calm down with the hyperbole. Yeah, she voted for it. She's in favor of it. Bonnie Crombie will increase carbon taxes. I don't know if I'd call her the queen of carbon tax, though. People need right now are higher taxes. Now. They deserve relief. So we're once again calling on the federal government to eliminate their carbon tax. The federal carbon tax is adding more than 14 cents every liter of gas. And they're getting ready to increase it again in April from 14.3 cents per liter of gas to 17.6 cents per liter. It needs to end. It's driving up the cost of absolutely everything, adding hundreds, even thousands of additional dollars in costs on the backs of the hardworking people of Ontario. I'm a strong believer in protecting the environment by investing in clean green steel, by building the electric vehicles of the future, by leading the largest transit expansion in North America, by building the future of clean nuclear energy, by expanding provincial parks, not by taxing hardworking people. It's never been more important to keep costs down, especially now. As people struggle with the Bank of Canada's interest rate hikes and rising prices, whether it's eliminating roll tolls, cutting the gas tax by 10.7 cents that we did, scrapping the license plate sticker fees, or fighting back against the carbon tax, or saving people $1,600 right in Toronto and GTA that take transit on the one fare program we announced. Our government will always look for ways to put money back into your pockets. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. And may God bless the people of Ontario. Thank you. Okay. I mean, that was the announcement. Again, there will be a provincial referendum. I personally think we should vote on everything. Yeah. If we, if, well, that's the thing, right? I mean, you mentioned 
Well, if we can do that, what else can we do? I, I know. And you know what? Thank you, Doug, for bringing this up because I do think we should vote on everything. Here's what's going on with our government in Ottawa in particular. We've got a government that the polls say is wildly unpopular, like one of the least popular governments since Justin Trudeau's father was in power. And we can't get rid of them because they've cut a deal with the NDP. Now, people that live in NDP ridings don't like this government either. They don't like them. Mm -hmm. They want an election as well. But the NDP is not listening to their constituents and they're propping up the liberals. Now, that may come to an end in two weeks. Jagmeet Singh yesterday said again, if there's no pharmacare bill, we're going to pull out of the deal. Do you believe him, by the way? Well, he left so much nuance on it that I don't believe him. And I'll tell you why. Just because he's going to pull out of the formal deal doesn't mean we're going to have an election as soon as there's a confidence vote. Because Singh says he'll still be open to voting with the liberals, but on a case-by-case basis. So what this slimy son of a bitch is going to do is, no deal. You can't accuse us of being in bed with the liberals. We're not. We're not we don't have a deal with them anymore. But they'll still vote with the liberals and they'll come to the people and say, yeah, we're going to vote with the liberals on this one because we think it would still be worse if Pierre Polyev was elected. Hmm. They don't want common sense. They don't want people to have money. They don't want any of that. So um, I'm not optimistic we're going to have an election anytime soon unless the NDP could pick up a lot more seats. And that's kind of the way the polls are going. So here's hoping. But let's bring it back to Ontario. Oh, sorry. Before we do, the referendum would solve that. If we had a referendum on major things, I think that'd be great. We can't go by our traditional system of democracy where you vote for a representative and they represent you in Ottawa because none of them represent their constituents anymore. They represent their leader. And in this case, if you're a member of the NDP or the Liberals, you're just flat out not listening to your constituents. It's that simple. So I think we should have a referendum on everything that's of consequence. You want to raise taxes? We vote. You want to cancel free parking on long weekends let's have a vote let's have a vote about everything i'm a fan of that until the people who are supposed to be voting on our behalf start listening to the people again but that wasn't the only thing that came out of yesterday we learned a number of things cat so let's see what's going to change here in ontario that's the first one there will be a referendum if any future premier tries to introduce a cap and trade system or carbon pricing or a carbon tax which means there won't be a new one no one's going to vote for that Drivers will soon no longer need to renew their license plates. Did we talk about this yesterday? I don't think Uh, we did. uh, I don't think we did, no. So step one, apparently, was getting rid of the fee, the 120 bucks. Every year on your birthday, you used to get a nice gift from the government of Ontario, a bill for 120 bucks. No more, you don't have to pay it. And I think they thought that because you don't have to pay it, people would be much more enthusiastic about going to Service Ontario and renewing their plates. Well, not according to the OPP, who says there's like... Tens of thousands of people that are driving around with expired plates. Mm-hmm. And it's an over $1,000 fine for driving with an expired plate. Because did, did you even get a notice about it would be my question. Because you didn't owe money. I don't even know if they bothered saying, hey, your license is expired. You still have to do it. And here's how you do it. Which, by the way, you don't have to physically go to Service Ontario for. You never had to go more recently because it's all online. But how many people did that without being told that they needed to? I couldn't even tell you if mine needs to be done or not. I, I mean, to me, I, I pay attention to the news all day. And, and I knew that, yeah, you still have to renew it. You just don't actually have to pay the bill. Did you get the notice, though? Did you get a notice still? Like, hey, it's still coming up. You still got to renew it. Let me ask you, do you actually need a letter Doesn't everybody know that on your birthday or your birth month, that's when you have to renew your sticker? Here's the confusing thing, though. 
you could do it for two years, which I always did. I don't know what fucking year I did what. So how do I know when it's up? And when did my two years expire? I know I got money back when the government decided to go without this, by the way, because I had already paid in full for an entire year. So I don't know where the fuck I'm at. Was that two years from that date? Was it a year from that date? I had no effing idea. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, well, now they're going to do what just makes perfect common sense. They'll just renew automatically. Unless you owe fines or unless you owe 407 tolls and that's, stuff like that. That's when you'll get a, le- a letter or something. Then they'll That's send when you they're going to send you something. Yeah. By the, by the way, I still think that since we're talking about change, and, and Doug brought it up yesterday, the referendum's good. The automatically renewing license plates, that's good. But why are we, as the province, suspending people's licenses who don't pay the 407? That's a private business that got a sweetheart deal that is raping the people of Ontario on a daily and ongoing basis. We shouldn't be doing a thing for those people. No more suspending licenses. If you owe the 407 money, they can collect it from you like any other business would. Hmm. If they have to uh, uh, take you to court, well, then take people to court for not paying their tolls. But the government should not be doing that on their behalf. Anyway, let's get back to this. They also announced yesterday that they are not going to appeal Bill 124's decision. So one thing I didn't know when we talked about this yesterday, that's the the cap on wage increases, 1% for three years. Uh, The government lost in the appeals court and in the lower court, but they had the option to go to the Supreme Court. And the premier says he strongly disagrees with the decision of the judges. It was a dissenting opinion. There's three judges on the appeals panel, and they did not all agree. At least one of the judges said... No, the government's got a right to cap wages. It was the other two that didn't. And once I actually read a little bit of the dissenting opinion, sorry, the opinion in agreeance, I I kind of agree. It wasn't very well written. There was a lot of gray area in there, a a lot of maneuvering to try and get it into a position where they could say this violated worker rights. Uh, There's some people who think the government should take it to the Supreme Court because they are probably right. And at the end of the day, it's the taxpayers that pay the bill. So the courts have basically given the unions license to hold us hostage for any amount of money they want Mm. and accuse us of not participating in collective bargaining. So there's some who still think that that should go to the Supreme Court. Ford, for mainly political reasons, is not going to. Tuition fee increases have now been completely ruled out as a way to ease the financial struggles of the colleges and universities. A reporter asked Premier Ford yesterday if he had totally ruled it out, and he replied, that's right. Ford cut tuition by 10% back in 2019 for Canadians and froze it. That's combined with, uh, no, no, that was it. He, he cut it by 10%. The universities are screaming that they need more money to fund their operations. And now that the international students have been cut, and now Doug has said he won't allow them to raise tuition fees, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get the money they need. Hmm. I, uh, I don't really care too much if the universities are pissed off. I really don't. People are paying enough for tuition. If the schools can't figure out how to operate efficiently, and we know they're not operating completely efficiently, then they should, I don't know, go out of business or re-examine their business model. I don't know why this should all fall on students and government to fund post-secondary education. But good, no tuition increase. That's the way it should be. And now we get to the one that I really want to talk about. The LCBO announced yesterday a new pilot program requiring customers who appear 17 and older to present a government ID before you can enter specific stores. 
It's called the Controlled Entrance Pilot. It's going to be introduced at six LCBO locations for now, and they're going to monitor the results over a year. They say stores are going to scan your driver's license when you come in, and then they're going to hang on to that information for a couple of weeks. They say they'll only access it if there's an incident that requires an investigation, i.e. theft. The LCBO says this unprecedented move is due to a rise in theft and violent incidents in the retail industry, and they need to protect their staff. So back up, the LCBO has been targeted many times by thieves because it's easy and because it's a well-known policy now. If you try and rob the LCBO, nobody is going to stop you. If you walk in and just start sticking bottles in your pants or in your jacket, no one is going to stop you from walking out the door with that booze. Even with, by the way, full-time security at some of the, some of the more prominent locations, the bigger locations, they have it. Why is that, though? I mean, if they've got private security, why isn't security doing their job? Are we paying someone just to watch? Yeah, I think it's a... Why would we do that? Is it that? a scare tactic? I don't know. I want to use those words, but I'm not sure if that's the case. I mean, they're going to deter people. If they're wearing backpacks, for example, maybe they're going to say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'll watch your backpack for you, but you can't have that on. Or if you're looking sketchy in whatever way that is to them, I don't know, then maybe they'll approach or at least linger. And that'll deter some people from stealing, for sure. But it's still happening, and people are still stealing from the LCBO often. And I wonder, does that come out of our pocket though? Like, yeah. I mean, everything does. This We're paying for the security that potentially does nothing. If we're paying for the bottles that are getting stolen, then I mean, I agree that something has to be done. Something does, but I mean, I'm looking at every other business, every other one of them. I don't see people, A, asking for identification to get in and recording that information. Even the cannabis stores, yeah, you got to show ID to walk in because for some reason we have different regulations for yeah. cannabis than we do for booze. But it's not like they're scanning it and storing your information and tracking when you were there, what you bought, how long you were in the store, uh, how often you visit the store. Are you visiting that store and other stores? These are all things that they would be able to tell if they have your personal information. And I mean, they swear, oh, no, no, no. We're only going to hang on to it for two weeks and we won't even look at it as long as you don't steal anything. But if you steal something, we're going to have your ID and we'll be able to track you down. What has the other businesses and literally all of the other ones figured out about security that the LCBO hasn't figured out? Because to be honest, I don't want to give those fucking people my personal information. The government is the target number one for hackers. I don't trust them to hang on to my personal information. Way too many government institutions have been hacked lately, and I don't want them to have my shit. I also don't want to, I don't want to leave, uh, what's the best way to put this? You I don't want to leave a trail. I don't, I don't want to leave a trail, but I also don't trust them to manage that information properly. I mean, uh, they can say all they want. It's just in case something gets stolen, but who's to say they're not? Yeah, we can keep track of maybe just for our own internal purposes. We'd like to know, are all of our customers coming from local or are people traveling? Uh, how, how often are certain people coming into the store? This is all statistical information that it is possible to collect, but not via collecting driver's license info. I, I understand the distrust when it comes to the government and, and hackers in general. Totally get it. I think we're all there. I don't see why it's a big deal, though. I really don't. I mean, you're being tracked everywhere you go. Do you have a cell phone? You can be tracked. 
There's probably people hacking and tracking right now you're not even aware of. I'd rather that than give a payment method off the bat. And I looked at those. I mean, I was at Scotiabank Arena not long ago. So I saw one of those stores we've talked about before. And you guys have maybe seen. And if you haven't, you tap your card in advance. And the technology is insane. There's cameras all above you at these little stores. They're very tiny right now, but there's they're basically just drinks, popcorn, very basic items that you can buy in concession without even talking to anybody. There's someone at the front area to make sure that you tap your card. And then otherwise, you walk in, whatever you walk out with, your card automatically gets charged. The AI technology works very well to figure out, oh, dude here with this MasterCard uh, grabbed a thing of popcorn, a diet Pepsi, and walked out. Great. He's being charged for that right now. Payment info in advance and people even get freaked out about. But in general, if you're paying money for something or if you're using your ID, if you're using a cell phone, I mean, there's a number of ways that we get tracked. I don't understand the big deal. And if people can't accept it right now, good luck in the future. Have you been to a casino recently? Yeah. You know, the newer technology is there, right? Do you know what that means? What I, is that? I literally walked into so the Great Canadian Casino Resort thing that's new in Toronto. I walked toward the casino and I, I got... I was a, a, a guy stood up from behind the desk and said, hi, Kathleen, how are you doing today? He already knew who I was because they have facial recognition right away linked to your identification. Hmm. That's there. And I thought, how the fuck do you know me? And he was like, oh, no, no, it's all in the system here. So I got to take a good look at it when I was there. And it is interesting. It, it allows them to know you know, who, who may be giving false identification or not or who's there or not. These are technologies that are going to be implemented is my, is my point. It's happening whether you like it or whether you don't like it. So short from trying your best to avoid those places, that's totally fine. You can do your best to avoid them. Your life, do you. But I think that we're at the stage now where, yes, we have to try to get protections in place for ourselves personally. Watch, As always, watch where you give your personal information online and things like that. But it's out there anyway. You're being tracked anyway. You might not want to think of it that way, but you are. There's cameras everywhere you go. Step outside this building and you can be tracked. Who has the information? Do they have a right to? I don't think some people fucking care if they have a right to do it or not. It's happening. So it's about, for me, adjusting my life to knowing that. That's totally fine. And you can disagree with, with my thought process on it. But I'm, I'm very well aware of AI and where it's going. I've been doing a lot of conferences involving AI. And I'm telling you, if you don't like this, giving your ID at the door at an LCBO, you're really not going to like what the future is, is headed at all. I think for me, the difference though, Kat, is... Private business, they can do that sort of thing as long as they follow the rules. And there does have to be some rules to protect people's privacy. That should be paramount. Now, if casinos have got facial recognition, that does everything that I'm worried the LCBO is going to do. That can tell when you walked in, when you left, how long you played different tables, how long, how many times you went to the bathroom. Did you eat anything? They do have that. All All that shit. Yep, they have it. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't love that either, but it's a private business. And the government running this monopoly on liquor stores is unfortunate because it's not like if I don't want to be scanned facially going into a casino, I have a choice. There's other casinos or I just won't gamble. Or I'll go to the States and do it. Uh, When it comes to the LCBO. They have it coming up everywhere, by the way. Yeah. They're only in the newer ones right now. They're coming to all of them. Right. We don't... uh, We don't have a choice with the LCBO because the government has a government-run liquor monopoly in this province. And the fact that they can't figure out basic, basic security should tell everybody everything they need to know about the government's ability to run a business. They shouldn't be in business. But here we are. They want to scan these IDs here and and take your personal info. You mentioned a great point. Why don't we just do what Scotiabank Arena does? 
Yeah. You walk in and you tap your card. Then you grab whatever you want and it just bills your card. I think that that would be a solution to the problem at the LCBO. What I don't understand, though, is, A, what happens if you want to pay cash? And there are still people out there who want to pay cash. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have to leave a little deposit before you go in. Yeah, I don't know what they do now. I don't know what they do now. Or maybe you're unable to even purchase those items at those places that do that. I don't know. And what happens if you've got, like, I don't know. You, you walk into the LCBO and you tap your card and you got like 50 bucks in your account. That's certainly enough to buy many products at the LCBO, but you rack up like a $60, $70 bill and walk out the door. It'll probably lock you out. Would it lock I, you there out? There it or? has gates or whatever, so it lets you in or out. I don't know how it works there, but it looked as though there's like a, there's an out, like you come out. It's a good question whether or not like, can you get denied and then you just keep walking? I mean, there's technically ways around that. Of course there are. It just, it's a deterrent. It's another deterrent is all it is. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A new survey says Canadians are... Oh, you know what? Before I get to that, let me play just a little bit more of Doug because he does questions and you know how Doug is. He goes off script during the reporter segment. I love off script, Doug. And I got to be honest with you. I'm glad to see him doing more regular news conferences again. It used to be a daily thing during COVID and it came up a lot on the podcast, but he went like quiet, like a groundhog. He went back into the hole and didn't do anything for months and months and months at a time. It's true, it's true. Now he's doing more news conferences and that's good, but... You're really starting to see the bias of some reporters exposed. Let's see if any of them are in here. We'll now go to reporters' questions. Please identify yourselves by name and outlet. It will be one question and one follow-up. First question. Hey, good morning, Premier Colin DeMello from Global News. Yeah, it's our colleague Colin. um, Two successive courts now have deemed the bill was unconstitutional. Looking back, do you believe that Bill 124 was a mistake? Well, we just believe it should be government's decision, not the courts. Uh, If they, you know, hike up the the cost, that's what we believe. It should be the government's. I always say Parliament is supreme, meaning the people are supreme. People elect the Parliament. They should make the decisions. But in saying all that, we respect the decision uh, of the courts, and uh, we're going to move forward on this. So moving forward on this obviously means repealing the legislation. Can you tell us how your government came to that decision? Because for years, uh, you and your finance minister and others have been defending Bill 124. So how suddenly did you decide to now reverse and repeal Bill 124? Well, let's just remember, we've already signed uh, agreements with the the nurses and uh, a lot of the teachers unions. Uh, We've already spent billions of dollars and times are different now. Times are different. When we came into office in 2018, when uh, this uh, province was a total disaster financially, and now as we move forward, uh, because of the great work of our team and the great work of the 
finance minister. We're a lot more financially stable. We're prudent fiscal managers. And there's a time when uh, cost of living is going up. We understand that. And we're a government for the people. And we're going to continue uh, making sure that we look at every avenue to save people uh, costs and put money back into their pockets. You know, folks, we, we've cut costs to doing business here in Ontario to make ourselves more con competitive by $8 billion. We're the only government, think of this, in the history of Canada that has raised revenues from $150 billion to $202 billion, $52 billion increase, and we've never ever raised the tax. We've reduced taxes. And the reason being we can do that, because we've made it more competitive. We created the, the conditions and the climate for companies to come here, and they're coming by the droves all over the world. That creates more revenues. There's over 700,000 more people working today. Okay, uh, forget fine, the talking fine, points. Yeah. Whatever. One of the things that, <laughs> you know, he can say he's a, a great manager of money, and he's right. They haven't raised taxes. It's the only government that didn't raise taxes in, in Ontario anyway. And I, uh, th that's all well and good, but is it really responsible to not take this Bill 124 thing to the Supreme Court and let them have the final say? He's right. It should be up to Parliament, not to the courts. And if he believes that, why isn't he taking it to court? It's almost a little cowardly to say, well, we disagree, and we think we do have the right to set the wage cap, but we're not going to appeal it. Why? You said you believe in it. Show you believe in it. Go and appeal it. And if you lose at the Supreme Court, you lost at the Supreme Court. But we have these three levels of court here for a reason. He should do it. One more. Uh, Laura Stone, Globe and Mail. Um, Premier, just on your announcement today, I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, what is he talking about? Where is this coming from? We have the carbon price across the country. The federal conservatives have pledged to, quote, axe the tax. What exactly are you coming forward with today and why? Well, what we're, we're doing, we're, we're saying to the people of Ontario, if a future government ever tries to raise the carbon tax like uh, they did before, uh, they're going to have to have a referendum. It's simple as that. There's so many governments out there that said, oh, I'm going to lower taxes. And they aren't truthful with the people. They get in the office, like the previous Liberal government, and start jacking up the taxes, making it unaffordable. Let the people have a voice uh, if it comes down to the carbon tax. Um, and that, that's what we're going to do, make sure that uh, we put into legislation that they'll have to have a referendum on, on the, I, I, I just call it the tax scheme. That, that's all this is. It's making life more unaffordable for people right across the board every time you, you put. Eh, that's fine. It wasn't all that interesting, but it's still interesting to hear Doug talk about that. I'm glad he said the people deserve to have a voice because I agree. Let's have more referendums then. Let's have more referendums. Uh, the Maple Leafs won last night without Morgan Riley, John Tavares, or Mitch Marner in the lineup. Figures. In figures, right? Morgan Riley got a five-game suspension for mm -hmm. that cross-check. Is that fair? Or is it too much? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't sometimes understand what they, how they form the opinion on how many days people get. I really don't. Apparently, they gave him five games. Because that wasn't a hockey play he was executing. He went after him he, after the guy took a slap shot into yeah, the empty net, which yeah. apparently is poor form in the pros. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, sure. That's fair. If you look at it, you could see that. Five games just seems like a long time for, I think, generally speaking, and he's considered one of the good guys in the NHL. Every game matters, right? However, that's good they came out with a W still. 
Let's try to keep that up. If that keeps up, can you suspend him for 10? I was going to say, like, here's the thing, though. It's all mental sometimes with this team. This is what I, like, I can't stand about the Toronto Maple Leafs and being a fan. Is I feel like it's all mental. And, and, and sometimes that works in their favor. And it did last night. The Waterloo Catholic District School Board is the latest to announce it's moving a PD day to coincide with the solar eclipse on April the 8th. Yeah. One of the things I don't understand is when this story comes up, and I've heard it a lot as different school boards implement it, there's a lot of people, particularly older people, I'll say Gen X and above, that get all butthurt about it. Oh, my God, whatever did we do in the past? Holy shit, are we ever snowflakes? Oh, my God, <laughs> kids can't even go out on an eclipse anymore. I don't know where your actual opposition comes from or who hurt you, but this is not a bad idea. The school boards that are doing it are doing it for good reason. Listen, I can tell you firsthand, it is not a good idea to look directly at an eclipse. I remember when I was in high school, it was uh, late 90s, mid 90s, we had an eclipse. And I remember we had to paper over the windows yeah, and all sorts of shit. I remember that too. I was in a portable and I had to go into the main building for something and I did stop and look up at the eclipse. Six months later, I was wearing glasses. Hmm. It's true what they say. It is really, really bad for your eyes. You shouldn't do it. I did it, and I can. I needed LASIK after that. So I don't think that's a smart idea to look at it. And if we can do something to help prevent people from doing it, I think that's good. It's also going to be briefly dark in the middle of the afternoon. And it's probably not good for kids to be wandering home in the dark, even if it is only for mm -hmm. a few minutes. They get yeah. confused and frightened. It doesn't feel normal or familiar. It just makes sense to, to make... We had a PD day anyway. Most of them had it on like April 19th yeah. in and around. Yeah. So they just bumped it up and did it on mm. April the 8th. Who fucking cares? Why are people angry about this? I, I think it's know. smart and practical. I think so too. And I think leave it to the parents, right? To decide what to do with that day. Um, and then they can, that way they can decide. Maybe may make it educational, right? Um, talk to your kids about it. Maybe, I don't know what else they're going to offer on that day. I suppose there's still going to be like the PD day camps and all those things running. I'm not sure how that's going to look like with an eclipse lingering. I guess we'll find out. I'm fine with it. Listen, I have kids that are going to be changing days. Whatever. Fine. Whatever works for you guys works for me. Fine. Uh, my kid is working for NASA during the eclipse. He and actually, It's weird. I used to take him everywhere. Now he's asking me if I want to go on stuff with him, which mm -hmm. I kind of like, actually. Uh, he's going to be standing in a field in Ohio right directly below the path of totality to study something with some weird high-powered telescope. Cool. So he asked me if I wanted to come down, and I'm seriously considering it. But this path of totality goes right through our backyard, Cat. 100% of the sun will be covered by the moon in areas like St. Thomas, Ontario, Paris, Ayr, Ancaster, Port Colburn, Hamilton, St. Catharines, Fort Erie, and even Niagara Falls. Hmm. You will be in darkness, no sun, if you're in any of those areas. And again, it only lasts a few minutes that the sun is yeah. completely eclipsed, but I think that's going to be fucking cool. That's very cool. I wonder how long until they start putting those glasses on sale. Last year, I remember, or last time we had a solar eclipse, there was a promo. And I think it was tied into like Kanye West or something. Wegman stores in America were giving away free <laughs> yeah. fucking eclipse glasses. Yeah. So I actually drove down to Western New York just to get these glasses mm -hmm. so that I could look at the eclipse. And it was really neat. I'm glad that I did it. Again, no one should do it with the naked eye. But if you get an opportunity and you can do it safely... Go out and check it out. It doesn't happen very often. Sure. Yeah. Turn it into a little educational experience. Uh, like I said, too. Make sure you, as long as you're doing it safely, I agree. Have fun.
here's the story I wanted to do earlier. A new survey suggests Canadians are stressed about the economy and have no faith in our politicians or governments to fix the big problem. The Can Trust Index shows two-thirds of us report high levels of economic anxiety. Less than one in four people surveyed said they have any faith in any level of government to make housing more affordable, and only about a third trust the government to manage the immigration system. Only one in four said they trust the prime minister to fix our problems. A significant number more said they trust conservative leader Pierre Polyev, although it's not even half. We're kind of fucked here, aren't we? Yeah, I was going to say, I, don't, I didn't expect anything else. No, neither did I. Uh, it's telling, though, that yeah. when you look at the frustration, the anger and things mm-hmm. like that, where does it come from? People are feeling hopeless and there's no leader out there. But we got to go. And, and before I do, I just want to talk quickly about your Valentine's so far. Because something interesting happened to you yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so my, my kids brought home all their Valentines yesterday. They, they did Valentine's Day yesterday at, at school. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's six, okay, she brought home a stuffed animal. And I was like, oh, this is cute. Where'd this come from? I got it from my boyfriend. And she told me the name of the boyfriend. And I know this boy, by the way. He's actually been over to our house before. Really? Yeah, yeah. Is he a, a good-looking gentleman? All, all boys gentleman? are maniacs at that age. Here's what I'll say is that all the boys are just like at that. I don't have boys. Okay. I've got two girls, so I'm I'm used to what I'm used to. But when I had the boys and the girls over for a party, I was like, wow, there's a huge difference between raising boys and raising girls. And I, I saw that firsthand. Now I have nephews. So I already kind of had an indication. My God, it's a whole different universe. I had to break up wrestling and people fucking throwing shit. Anyway, great boys though. Um, yeah, she said she got it from her boyfriend and told me, and I was like, okay, what happened to other boy backtrack over Christmas. Another boy came to our house to drop off a Christmas gift for my daughter. Really? It was a homemade with his, with his dad, who's a great woodworker, built a jewelry box and even put her initials on the jewelry box and everything is beautiful. Wow. And I was like, was that again, the whole boyfriend thing? Like, I mean, to her boyfriend just means a boy you like, I guess. I don't really know. I try to ask her, like, what that means. She really doesn't have much to say other than they're her friend that's a boy, but her best boyfriend. Okay, fair. But I'm like, what about that guy that came here and get, brought you the gift? Does he know about this boy bringing you this? She's like, I don't know. Think about me, my boyfriends. I'm like, ooh, okay. Oh, dear. So yeah. do I start to give the lesson of, like, <laughs> <laughs> what... You, you should only have one? Or do I even say you should only have one? Should I let her play the field a bit and figure it out for herself, even though she's got no context of what a boyfriend really entails? At six. Uh, she's six, so she has no concept of romance or monogamy. None. <laughs> Nothing at all. And <laughs> she knows, She's got a great concept of friendship. So I just try to tell her, it's a boy that's your friend. No, 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 no. Boyfriend is different. So she does confirm it's different. She just can't explain why it's different. Right. At that age, why would you? There, You can't really... You give them stuffed animals and give them presents. So she's thinking here that she's just receiving gifts from boys and everybody who gives her a gift is her boyfriend. Uh-huh. I think that's where she's at right now. Why are there so many boys trying to be her her boyfriend? She's a, she's a boy's girl. Oh. You know, like she just, she digs in the dirt. She's what we used to call in the day a tomboy. And I don't even know if people reference that anymore, but it's so weird. She's so feminine in some ways. And she, but she'll get dirty. She likes bugs. She'll talk. About, I mean, she likes video games. So boys, I think, tend to like her for that reason. 
My youngest is completely different. Like, doesn't want to touch dirt, not around. Like, she is not about that. She's a little more like me in that She's way. She's your daughter. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know where this is going to go, guys. But, yeah, she brought home a, a stuffed animal from this boy who, again, is a nice boy. But then I thought, do I send a text to the mom to say thank you to the – no. I don't need to get involved at all, right? Just let them play out their grade one shenanigans. Let me ask. Do you want to reach out to the I boy's mom? I don't know. I don't think so. I think you do. You think I do? I think you're a I'm gossip curious. and I think well, you want listen, details. I think I do want to know what he said to his mom. That's what I want to know because I think it's cute. Ah. So obviously mom helped to buy this. Mom and or dad, I don't know, helped to buy this present for my daughter. Yeah, because this boy would have had to go to his parents and say, hey, I want to buy a stuffy for my girlfriend. Yes. And I'm sure that was very difficult for his mom to hear. Maybe, Maybe. even dad as well. Yeah. So. That's what I'm curious about. Because I think that's cute. They go out and they drop some coin and they buy your daughter this stuffy. And then he had to execute after that. He had to take it to school. He had to go up to her and approach he her did. and say, here you go, Valentine. He did it at Bell Ring at the end of the day, too. The Bell he Ring. He waited until the very end of the day. Wow. I just think it's a, like, that's cute. That's adorable. Right. Right to the end. Like, here you go. Bye. And then ran. <laughs> I maybe ran. I don't know. She probably ran too. I think she was also a little embarrassed, but but like liked it, you know? What about Christmas Kid? Not only did he tell his dad, we got to do this. Dad helped him make it. And let's face it. Dad did most of the work. Then drove him over to your house and sent him up to the door. Go knock and give this to your girlfriend. And I love them too. They're great. They're a great family. I know. I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know. I don't know. What, this is why I don't, I shouldn't get involved. Uh-huh. I shouldn't get involved. Right. But, I, but at the end of the day, guys, I want you to all know that what she I tried really to- She really wants to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to explain to my daughter that there's a plenty of boys out there. And just because you're in this classroom or this school with these boys doesn't mean you, like, doesn't mean you need to worry about it. Because she's, she's in the, and I guess all kids are in that stage, in the mindset of like, one of these is going to be my husband one day, is how her mind is thinking right now. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 honey. No, 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 no. You wait till high school. There's a plenty of more boys too, okay? You got lots to choose from. Don't worry about finding boyfriends. But of course you can't stop. You can't stop her. She's like a, a f- big fan of love. She is a lover of love, that one. Uh-huh. So she's already daydreaming about weddings and houses. And she's one of those. Got it. Yeah. Keep me posted. Yeah, I will. I am super curious I'm to trying. hear. I don't even care what happens with the kids. I'm curious to see how you handle it <laughs> and how your husband handles it. Yeah. How did he handle it? He shakes his head. He's just like, oh, he's like, we, he, she shouldn't be accepting gifts from boys. I'm like, oh, it's cute. It's fine. I'm pretty, I accepted necklaces and all kinds of jewelry at that age too. I remember I actually got a, a bracelet with my name on it from some kid that went to, on vacation with his family and brought me back a bracelet. Huh. And then I was like, Thanks, and I took it, and that was it. I don't ever remember going to my mom and saying, Mom, I need you to take me to the store to buy something for my girlfriend. Yeah, that never happened for me. And also, people didn't like me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, but maybe if you did do that, they would have. Maybe they would have. See how it works? Just so you know, consistency is important, (laughs) and I have always been cheap. And the world is also a shallow place, isn't it? It certainly is. fat boy you'll never get a girl oh stop (laughs) have a great valentine's everybody we love you for listening thank you bye the cdc is going to drop their guidance that people who tested positive for covid should isolate for five days basically the cdc went to a super bowl party saw your uncle knuckle deep in the queso and we're like you know what no one's no one's listening to us anyway one out of three americans thinks aliens live among us 
While in the same study, two out of three Americans said, aliens do not live among you and I am an American human person. I enjoy sport and have blood. Please take me to Taco Bell for bean meat. Researchers at an aquarium in North Carolina have reported that a female stingray is pregnant despite being in a tank without any male stingrays. It's the biggest miracle at the aquarium since the Sturgeon Mary. <laughs> On Valentine's Day, you can always tell who's been married a while because instead of going out to dinner, they're like, uh, we got three layers of the seven-layer dip left from Sunday. You want to just <laughs> split that?